Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Yeah, those are great tips. And Amy, I'll be interested to hear how it goes for you. I, I don't think I've actually spoken to anyone that's used that program. So I'll have to listen you know, for an update on a future episode with, with how that's working out for you. Because that, that seems like a great opportunity as long as you know, it works into your calculation. Uh, you know, well, we looked at it and it's not for all products, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's definitely, um, kind of a, um, limited to, to certain products, but, um, but yeah, we're going to give it a shot for the products that are there. Just something I want to point out to all of you, um, on your seller central app on your phone, if you have the seller app on your phone, if you click on, there's a new area called news on the homepage of the app. So as soon as you open the app, there's a new area called news. If you click news, you're going to get all of these new announcements. So today they made this announcement, selling in Canada and Mexico just got easier. And in all of those announcements, they include like links to the help pages and information on how to sign up. But yeah, we just noticed this news um, link on the seller app and it's um, super helpful on getting the latest and greatest information on, um, on how to do that. And supposedly this program has been around for a little while. A few people have used it. I remember seeing something about it a few months ago. Um, it was kind of, you know, on the down low, but I remember seeing something about it and, um, and a few people have in, in the Facebook group, when I posted about it, a few people have already kind of started using it. So we'll see how it goes. Awesome. awesome. It's actually been out for quite a while. I've been using it for like a year and a half or two years. Um, but yeah, it's it, like I said, it's pretty easy uh, in terms of, you know, super hands off. You just really need to to watch that profit margin. Not only that, but like thinking in, in terms of, of pesos, right, especially in Mexico, the, the, the numbers are so off there that you really have to kind of wrap your head around that and, you know, use the, the Google, the, uh, the, the Google math translate is what I call it, right? So you can type in, you know, what's a, you know, $50 in, in Mexican pesos, and it'll give you that, that quick, uh, number. So that's, that's kind of another tip for you guys to use. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well then, so the next, uh, marketplace we're looking at, I, I we're kind of going in chronological order here. So we're back to Europe, um, uh, looking at Italy founded in, uh, 2010. So, uh, certainly a little bit smaller. Uh, we're looking at about $17 billion in e-commerce, uh, revenue last year. And Amazon holds about a 14% market share. Um, you know, kind of similar to France and that there is a lot of other competition um, uh, and, you know, they haven't really easily given way to Amazon. So, um, you know, we're really, we're really not seeing a whole lot of growth or opportunity in this market, but that's not to say that it's not there. Um, you know, I, I haven't spoken with a whole lot of sellers who've gotten into this market, especially from like the United States. Uh, but uh, with that being said, you know, if you do speak Italian or if you do have some uh, expertise or connections in this market, um, you know, certainly a possibility. Uh, but my kind of personal view is that I don't necessarily see Italy um, or Spain for that matter, which we're about to get into, uh, being as quite as good of an opportunity as certainly Germany right now, or even uh, the UK, which has really kind of established itself. So getting into Spain, uh, founded just after Italy, similar size uh, to the Italian market as well, about $18 billion in revenue uh, per year and with a 15% market share uh, for, for Amazon. 
They are. That has actually kind of ticked up over the last couple of years. Uh, now that the market is almost 10 years old, we are starting to see a little bit of growth uh, in, in that case. But, um, you know, nothing super, um, um, nothing that stands out to me uh, in, in a big way in, in either of these markets. I was doing some market research uh, last week for these two markets. And I have seen that uh, in Italy, office supplies uh, seem to be a really hot product right now. I don't know if that's just because of kind of the uh, the work from home uh, uh, nature that you know we're kind of all going through right now. And then in Spain, uh, conversely, I'm seeing uh, cleaning supplies and like home products are, are selling really well right now. So um, you know, interesting. I, I don't necessarily know the reasoning behind that, but. Um, yeah, really, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't personally recommend uh, these two marketplaces unless there is really a specific reason uh, that you you would see going in and selling in Italy or Spain. I think a lot of people um, tend to um, get started, like you mentioned, Rob, in one of the larger markets like Germany or the UK, because once you move your inventory to you know across all of these marketplaces. Um, you're also paying for the overhead in those marketplaces. So you're now doing PPC across all these marketplaces. And, you know, it just, it ends up, the ROI ends up just not being there um, unless you're able to maybe like dominate office supplies in Italy, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Or, you know, dominate cleaning supplies in Spain. So um, I always tell people when they're considering a market, um, to do the research of what's selling there, like actually go and see how does the market look for your particular type of product. Don't just expand to expand because remember, just like it costs you money to get set up selling on Amazon US or in Amazon Canada, whatever, you know, it's going to cost you that money to and time and resources and advertising dollars to be able to move your products um, into these others. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's like, we can't be, we're not necessarily profitable when we first put our products out there. And it's going to be the same way when you're getting into any of these markets, you know, until you've sold through a few cycles of inventory and really kind of tweaked that market and figured out your advertising and all of that, um, you might not be seeing a return. So, definitely kind of focus on each area and where your products are going to fit best. And, um, and do one thing at a time, master one market at a time. What would you say about that, Rob? Yeah, I totally agree with that, Amy, especially kind of the idea of, you know, it, you, you probably don't want to jump into six different markets at one time, right? It's probably smarter to take a bit more of a logical approach where you're going one by one and ensuring that you're able to be profitable with your, with your products uh, in each market. And, you know, with places like Spain and Italy that aren't as established, you know, you're, it's, it's, a, it's more of a risk, you know, there's certainly opportunity uh, for it to, the investment to pay off, but it is more of a risk. So I think what you said is spot on about maybe, you know, if you're first looking to expand, maybe considering one of the larger markets like Germany or the UK, uh, because, you know, it's potentially going to be a bit easier for you and you could potentially uh, recoup that investment a bit faster um, and, and make sure that you're actually able to, to succeed in, in a European market. Yeah, just to follow up on that real quick. Yeah, like Amy was saying, uh, systems in place, right? So if you're not able to keep up with your current uh, Amazon business in terms of 
you know, like Amy was saying, you got PPC. And once you expand into these different marketplaces, now you have a whole nother PPC account to manage, right? So these are all and a whole nother inventory uh, kind of stack to manage. And then a whole nother, uh, you know, all these listings and hijackers and all the things that come with, you know, all of these marketplaces. Not only that, but these marketplaces are different, right? There's features that are currently on Amazon US in terms of being a seller that aren't on you know, in Spain or Italy, or, you know, like, for example, I, I, you know, video ads probably aren't in a lot of these marketplaces yet, but you can use them in the US. So there's a lot of intricacies. So once again, you know, bandwidth wise, unless you have your processes really dialed in, and those processes can be, you know, implemented in these other marketplaces, you know, it may or may not behoove you to, to go into those marketplaces after you kind of do that self-reflection. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's a great point that there is a lot of nuance in these marketplaces. They're not all the same. It's not going to be the same experience for you across each of these marketplaces. So, uh, you know, really having your business in order in your primary market first, and then looking to expand possibly with some additional help or resources is, is I think at least really the, the way to go. <clears throat> all right. So now let's get into Brazil. Um, <laughs> Brazil is a, is a very interesting uh, marketplace for Amazon over the past uh, eight years or so, founded in 2012 with about $21 billion uh, in e-commerce revenue. Um, this has been one of Amazon's most uh, difficult marketplaces to really gain a foothold in. Um, uh, significant distribution issues uh, in Brazil because of the size of the country as well as the infra infrastructure um, is really uh, sometimes lacking in, around the country, which uh, can make shipping uh, very difficult. Uh, they also have some of the highest taxes and duties on imports in the entire world. Uh, I was reading that it looks like around like 33% uh, of their GDP uh, or, or the amount of taxes that they collect is equivalent to about 33% of their GDP each year, which I think is like the second most in the entire world. So uh, really difficult for people from outside the country to get in and still be profitable. Um, certainly, I think Brazil is up and coming in a lot of different industries, you know, primarily technology and a little bit of manufacturing. So certainly possible you could find a local supplier that would make the process much easier. Uh, but at least so far over the past eight years, it's, it has been really very difficult uh, for outsiders uh, to break in. Um, and again, kind of similar to some of these European markets like France that we looked at, but, um, you know, continuing to see competition. Uh, uh, Amazon Brazil barely breaks the top three in terms of monthly visitors uh, 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 in search volume uh, for all of these e-commerce sites within Brazil. Um, so for whatever reason, uh, Amazon just hasn't quite taken uh, a foothold in the market uh, like it has in other places. Um, uh, with that being said, uh, your money can go a long way in the Brazilian market. So um, if you do see a good opportunity, uh, you can get in with relatively little investment. But on the other hand, you're probably going to pay for some of that on the back end with the import taxes and duties and things like that. So really kind of a mixed bag, not something that I've uh, considered touching at all. But, um, you know, this is kind of the most interesting market for me to watch um, as things go along, because it seems like there's always something happening or, or always some change that they're implementing to try to uh, stir things up almost. <clears throat> All right. So let's move on to the next market, which is India, uh, founded in 2013, uh, about almost $100 billion um, in e-commerce revenue. It should uh, well exceed $100 billion this year in uh, 2020. And Amazon holds about 32% market share. 
this is a place where uh, where Amazon has seen significant competition from Walmart. They really tried to go head to head with Amazon uh, by acquiring an e-commerce company called Flipkart. Um, and so uh, that's been kind of something interesting to watch over the past uh, uh, past year or so. Um, one concern I would have personally about investing in India relatively low purchasing power uh, uh, for the people in, especially in some of the larger cities, even, um, you know, you're not seeing people spending as much money uh, on, on uh, e-commerce purchases. Um, alternatively, the uh, Indian rupee, it's, it's, it's certainly devalued right now. I, I want to say it's like, I looked earlier, it's like $73 or 73 Indian rupees to one US dollar. So, you know, if you have a product where maybe you're looking to get into in the United States and, Maybe it, it, it takes a $10,000 investment. You might be able to get into a similar uh, uh, niche in India for maybe just a few thousand dollars. So um, kind of a, definitely pros and cons to this market. Um, and it is growing, but that um, kind of, I'd say, low spending power uh, of the country as a whole is, is something that definitely concerns me. Something well, interesting. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Andy. I was just going to say something really interesting with India. A couple of points there. I, I completely agree, Rob. But I also think that India, uh, I think, is a huge opportunity because, number one, uh, as we decouple more and more from China, India is going to be a major manufacturing hub. So once again, you know, getting a foothold in India and learning how that works early on could really benefit you um, as you're moving forward and as India uh, becomes more of a trading partner with us, which I think they will. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not only that, but I think that, you know, Flipkart and, and Walmart, uh, you know, are their biggest competitors. But I, I still think that... Uh, they are behind, they have the advantage in terms of having, uh, starting as a, as a uh, native company. Um, but uh, Amazon has the kind of, uh, you know, experience and the years of, of doing e-commerce to really kind of know the, the pain points of all these, you know, distribution and customer service and all of those kinds of things. So um, I really think that um, India could turn out to be a really interesting marketplace, especially if you got in there early and really figured out how to sell there early on uh, by sourcing locally. I think there's a huge opportunity there. Well, and Flipkart has actually been in India for, I mean, years, a, lo a long, long time. It was just that Walmart, you know, acquired it. And what's interesting about some of these countries like Brazil and India, where, where um, they have a lot of kind of, I don't know what to call them, like roadside stands, like people are used to buying kind of off the street, in the street markets. So commodity type products um, are bought more um, often kind of in the street, in the street markets, but they're just like I studied India um, during in my MBA program and for international expansion project. And what's really interesting about countries like India is there, even though there is a large poor population, there's also a middle class that spends a lot of money on things like Apple computers. There is a higher class, right? So you can definitely um, still target those people with money to spend in India that are after those higher uh, quality branded products. And you can, there's money to be made. And there's a reason that Apple computers does so well in markets like India, because there are people with money to spend. So definitely, you know, kind of like you, you study the market in any other uh, country, uh, there are people with, with money to spend and there's money to be made in these markets, 
both on Flipkart as well as um, on Amazon. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and Andy, I think what you said there was key actually as well in that, um, you know, combining the, the fact that, you know, there's a great exchange rate between the US and India and Europe and India, uh, as well as, you know, maybe the idea that we're going to be decoupling from China a little bit um, with manufacturing moving forward that, you know, if you can get into that marketplace soon and, and really find a good local uh, manufacturer, uh, you could really be set up for success. So yeah, um, India is, is it has the potential, I think, to be one of uh, one of the fastest growing marketplaces for Amazon. Yeah. Over yeah, the, next the other years. yeah. One other point I forgot to make, which I, I had it and then I lost it because mm -hmm. I'm over forty and have three small children, is uh, <laughs> is the other uh, huge benefit is that the Indian government is actually very pro third party seller, right? So um, from what I understand, Amazon cannot sell their own products, and same thing with uh, I think Flipkart and Walmart the same way. I think they passed this last year, right? Where you can't sell, they, they can't sell their own products on, on the marketplace. Um, so in terms of, you know, in the US right now, Amazon is a huge um, kind of uh, deterrent for people wanting to sell on Amazon. There's a lot of brands now that are decoupling from Amazon. I love that word um, because they're afraid of Amazon going, oh, wow, Nike, you've got these you know, this new hoodie with this new kind of material. Oh, guess what? We can go source that from China. We can have the uh, Amazon, you know, flash brand of sportswear and we can start selling that and we can feature that on the front page and we can start taking market share away from you using the data that you had. You know, it's it, they finally admitted that they are actually looking at this data uh, from other sellers and capitalizing on that. So, you know, in India, they definitely seem to have better protection set up for the third party seller. So something else to really think about. Definitely. Yeah. And before we kind of continue uh, into the Middle East, talking about the UAE and Saudi Arabia, just wanted to briefly touch on Australia. It was kind of the next marketplace founded. It's just a few years old, founded in 2017 with about $22 billion in revenue. Uh, Amazon is, is a very small player, at least at this point. Um, a lot of small sellers in the Australian market with about 3% market share. Um, eBay is far and away uh, their biggest competitor in, uh, in, in Australia. Uh, eBay really took hold you know, several years ago and has not relented almost at all over the past few years. Um, and so uh, you know, I think the fact that, you know, sellers or buyers, excuse me, buyers have just kind of this trust factor with eBay that maybe hasn't been established in Australia, partly because it's such a new market, um, uh, as well as the idea that sellers really haven't invested in this market yet, looking, because they've been looking towards more of the established marketplaces. It just really hasn't quite clicked uh, for Amazon Australia yet. But uh, it is a very easy uh, market to get into with low investment and a lot of niches with low competition. Uh, very small sellers um, leading some of the categories. Uh, so, um, you know, I don't have a strong feeling for um, the pace that this market's going to grow at, but I do think there's the potential um, for, for it to grow. Maybe not quite like uh, India or, or, or some, of the other, uh, some of the other marketplaces that we discussed. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have anything bad to say about the Australian market at this point. So, um, yeah. you know, certainly an opportunity. Yeah, and, and some positives on Australia, right, is is English speaking, so that's pretty easy, mm -hmm. strong uh, consumer uh, spend there, um, and then, you know, pretty easy to get onto the marketplace there. Um, the other cool thing is, I believe it's Australia and Japan have this, I, I can't remember the numbers, I think Australia is 75,000, I think Japan was 100,000, whereas if you, uh, you can sell, um, it's a it's a certain amount of years, I think in Australia, like two years, 
or $75,000 where you're like not required to pay taxes. Don't quote me on this, look this up folks, but it's something like that. And then Japan is the same way where um, you you get kind of this like tax break in the beginning to actually launch your business there and get moving there. Um, so that's kind of uh, intriguing and, and definitely a, a bonus. The other thing about Australia is certain products are doing really, really well. So there's a lot of Australian sellers who are selling in the US market and it's very easy for them to enter the Australian market. The thing about the market in Australia is it's saturated with merchant fulfillment from overseas channels. So if you search on Amazon Australia, you're gonna find a ton of Chinese sellers merchant fulfilling their products and it kind of saturates the pages. But as more and more Australians have started selling on Amazon Australia, you're starting to see a lot more um, prime fulfillment. You're starting to see a lot more um, kind of professional, nice looking listings. Um, the Australians are great with branding. They're great with setting up great products. Um, so that market is definitely doing a, a lot better. It's being cleaned up. It's looking a lot nicer. There's more Australians shopping on it now. Um, and it's, there's a lot more opportunity kind of growing on Amazon Australia. So uh, I have a couple of clients that are doing quite well there and others that are just kind of getting started there um, or had tried it before and it wasn't as good. And now they're kind of re-attacking that market. So Amy, I think you meant legend, right? Not great. They're doing, le they're legend at marketing, right? <laughs> Potentially, yeah. <laughs> let, me let me check my stray dictionary. <laughs> All right. Nice. Uh, and then just uh, uh, before we get into uh, uh, UAE, I, I totally forgot about, uh, we have to touch on Turkey as well. Um, Turkey, Turkey is a unique one uh, in the sense that uh, founded, you know, about the same time as, as Amazon Australia, just a little bit after that. Um, and, and I think there is a, a significant uh, opportunity for growth in the e-commerce market in Turkey as a whole. Uh, Amazon is obviously still very new to the market, so it's not totally clear how Amazon fits into uh, the marketplace as a whole. Uh, but in general, just as a country, Turkey's certainly uh, accepting more international trade these days. They're making it easier uh, for people to get products in from international locations. Um, and so I think, you know, certainly, again, some opportunity here, uh, but I'd say it's too early to really lean one way or another on, um, you know, how quickly this market's going to take off. But I do like uh, what I'm seeing from Turkey in terms of kind of how they're working with Amazon uh, to make it easier for sellers. In the United Arab Emirates, uh, this has been <laughs> arguably the hottest market uh, uh, for Amazon in the past year. Uh, founded in uh, just last year in 2019, uh, already an $18.5 billion e-commerce market. And Amazon has captured uh, about 15% of that market share in less than one year. So Amazon kind of jumped into the market and really uh, took hold. Um, you know, in speaking to a lot of the UAE sellers that I work with, uh, there still are very few large sellers in the marketplace. You know, some of these larger companies uh, based out of the UAE, for whatever reason, haven't decided to jump in. And so it's been a great opportunity for these smaller sellers to really uh, get a foothold before these larger companies uh, get in. Another pro to the United Arab Emirates is there's not much of a language barrier compared to uh, some of the other Middle Eastern uh, countries. You're going to see a lot of English speakers. And in fact, I believe Seller Central even uh, you can 
make it default to uh, English, which is not the case we're about to see in Saudi Arabia. Uh, so uh, really a, a great option for international sellers and international investors uh, who, who don't live in the area, but may want to uh, get into the market. And uh, if things kind of continue to trend as they are, Amazon's quickly going to become the number one uh, e-commerce company in the UAE. And at this point in time, I can't say that this is going to last, but at least at this point in time, uh, it does require very little investment uh, to at least get started. So um, this is certainly one of the market international markets that I'm most excited about for Amazon. <clears throat> and then, yeah, there's definitely money in the UAE as well. Like yes. a lot of people with money to spend and very premium market there. So yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting to, yeah. to think about that. Yeah. And particularly like on luxury goods as well. They, they're def they definitely, I think in that society uh, value spending sometimes a lot of money on luxury goods. So, you know, if you do have a high quality product uh, that, you know, might be a little bit more expensive to manufacture or source, uh, I think there still could be opportunity in the UAE because uh, they certainly value that um, more than uh, other markets might. Yeah. The Amazon team uh, expansion uh, team is international expansion team is definitely the most aggressive from the UAE. I actually mm -hmm. just got an email from them. Mm -hmm. which yeah. They've been like spamming me every day. <laughs> yeah yeah they're really i think really pushing that market and it's they doing are, so well yeah. that yep. yeah it just it seems great all the way around and then finally the most recent marketplace saudi arabia um that was just launched uh earlier this year in june 2020 so i think it's just over uh three months old now uh, we don't have a lot of information about this marketplace but um you know if we look at how the uae has performed uh just in the last year i think we can kind of extrapolate some of that information uh, to what we might expect from the Saudi Arabia market. Uh, very similar, if not even more so, the fact that uh, consumers in Saudi Arabia have high spending power and they like to spend money on, on potentially expensive products. Um, you know, you can get into this market with uh, somewhat little investment. I'd say slightly more than the UAE at this point, but, you know, certainly not as saturated uh, at this point as, as many of the other marketplaces. And, um, you know, just overall, I think uh, something to keep an eye on. I, I can't comment too much on, on how it's been performing. There's not a lot of data out yet, but uh, I expect it to certainly, you know, at least try to keep pace with the UAE. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do something with the UAE, with Saudi Arabia and some of the other uh, Middle Eastern countries in terms of like the Pan-EU stuff, where, you know, you send all your stuff to the UAE and then from there it goes to all these other countries. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it would make sense for something like that. So it'll be interesting to see if that's, you know, kind of a system they come up with or if, you know, you have to send your products to each one of these countries or just merchant fulfill. I uh, acquired uh, Souk in, based out of the UAE. And um, I know they also have distribution options uh, and, and selling options through Saudi Arabia. So yeah, there could be some uh, opportunity for a synergy there. It's probably a little bit too soon uh, to figure out what their plans might be, but um, yeah, yeah I, I would think that would be a great opportunity for sellers. Cool. Yeah. So that's those are kind of the main marketplaces uh, I wanted to touch on uh, today. We can, you know, if anyone wrote in any questions or if you guys want to uh, chat about anything more in detail, I'd be happy to get into it. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you got it all covered, and uh, and as usual, we we we're almost uh, perfected the one hour uh, time frame, right? <laughs> Somehow it seems to always work out that way. 
Um, I don't think I have any, any questions. We, we, uh, we, we peppered you as we went there. Um, I think, you know, in kind of wrapping this all up in terms of marketplaces, you know, the things to, to kind of recap on guys is if you feel like you have your current marketplace dialed in, which, you know, with Amazon, that's hard to ever say because they're changing stuff so frequently. But if you have teams in place, systems in place, um, you know, then, you know, really take a look at some of these other marketplaces and decide, you know, where, um, you know, where you want to spend your time. You know, there's pluses and minuses to, to all, you know, a lot of them like, you know, Australia, easy to get in there, you know, language barriers, uh, you know, pretty easy, um, you know, but the market isn't as large. So the, the, you know, expansion might not be as good, but if you're in there early, then you might get a nice foothold, you know, just for example, you know, same thing with, you know, United Emir uh, Arab Emirates, uh, some of these marketplaces could really be a big opportunity. Um, you know, I, uh, a lot of times wish that instead of 800 SKUs, I was like Amy and had like 10 because getting, you know, spooled up in these marketplaces with, you know, a couple of SKUs would be so much easier for me. It's, it's, you know, whenever 12 I. 12 with four on the way. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Amy. Sorry. Sorry. I, I didn't want to lessen. But yeah, it. it's a yeah. lot easier to manage when Andy said the other day, he was like, yeah, I think I only had like 136 suppressed listings when I checked my fixed my listings. And I was like, wait, 136 <laughs> suppressed listings? Hey, hey! Oh we're, my we're, gosh, I cannot imagine dealing with that. Like you're amazing. We're 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 paring those down by the day. We're we're losing skews like crazy right now. We're we're definitely uh, downsizing and and really focusing, doing doing the eighty twenty thing. You know, we you know, we've been doing it for so long. Those are just all long, mostly long tail products, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> we've been adding products since twenty eleven, so it's a lot of long tail there, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, no, we're definitely, uh, paring that down really 80, 20 at going, you know, my goal is to probably be in the 20 to 50 SKU range by, by the time we're done getting rid of a lot of these old products, um, and really concentrating on some of the niches that, you know, we're passionate about and, and know that there's opportunity. in. so, um, yeah, folks, um, if you have not joined us live before, we would love to have you live. Uh, we do a zoom meeting. You guys can jump in. Um, ask questions to Amy or I or our guests like Rob, who's got a lot of knowledge on a, a lot of these things. So we'd love to have you guys live, uh, selleroundtable.com forward slash live. We do it 1 p.m. Pacific every Tuesday, uh, almost every Tuesday, you know, unless one of us is playing hooky or sick or, you know, has a, a two-year-old running through the room like on that CNN clip. But uh, generally, we're, we're here doing that. Uh, we'd love to have you guys uh, live. If you have not yet done it, rate, review, subscribe. We really, really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I don't want to brag Amy or anything, but as of right now, I think we're still like in the number two range on the, on the Amazon seller podcast, uh, poll. So that's pretty awesome. Yep. Yep. We got, we got ranked, um, number two. So in the latest, in the latest ratings. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of us. Yeah. Last absolutely. year we were ranked like eighth and 11th. So if, if they had combined those votes, <laughs> we might have been number right, three. Right, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I know. I had to, I had to email or message Danny this year and be like, Hey dude, these are the same podcasts, like combine those votes. They're both ours. So, yeah. It looks like you did it. So that's good. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, we really appreciate that guys. All of you guys who went out and voted for us. Thank you so much. Um, we really, really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we love it. That gives us energy, right? It's, uh, it definitely pushes us forward when we know that we're, we're making a difference for you guys in your day-to-day -day lives. I know that, that, you know, Amy and I both really love to, to, to make a difference with you guys. So, uh, thank you guys for doing that. And, uh, yeah, we 
hope to keep doing this. Keep on trucking. Let us know if you have any ideas. Reach out to us. And thank you, Rob, for being on today and sharing your knowledge of all the marketplaces with us. And, um, you know, I think it's it's really cool. And people will definitely be um, maybe checking out eGrow to uh, do some product research in those various uh, markets to see if their products fit in. And yep. uh, thanks, everybody, for, for tuning in. Oh, last but not least, I forgot to ask this, and I don't know how I did this, but Rob, how can people get a hold of you? Sure, yeah. So people can get a hold of me by just sending me an email. At, uh, my email is rob at egro.io. Maybe drop that in the show notes or something like that. But Perfect. Um, yeah, feel free to reach out. I'd love to chat in, in detail about some of these marketplaces and, and get to know some of your audience. So yeah, thanks so much for having me today. Awesome. Thanks again, Rob. And thank you guys so much for listening to the Sell Roundtable. We will see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.